God's decree. Your word, Lord, we bless you and we exalt you and we lift you up today. And Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. Lord, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed physically, mentally, spiritually, in every way. Lord, we want to reach the goal. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Now, God wants us to patiently endure. Now, we're enduring. You ever endure hardships not like a good soldier? That's how we... That's what we mostly do. We endure hardships not like a good soldier. But the Bible says to endure hardships like a good soldier. That means no complaining, no murmuring, no anger, no anger management, <laughs> you know, fussing, no resisting. And that's the most thing I think we do. We resist God. You know, or we put it off later, like I do that later, or that's not God, or he's not really telling me to do that. That don't sound like God. (laughs) And so God wants us to patiently endure. You can endure hardship, but do you patiently endure like a good soldier? And this is what God wants to do. Why? Because he wants to get our attitudes right. He wants to get our attitudes right toward him towards his plan, his purpose in our lives. When we endure and not endure like a good soldier, we dragging our feet and grumbling and complaining, like sometimes when I have to get to that bus, oh, Lord, you know. He said, nah, that ain't going to work, you know. So we have to repent and get it right, you know. And, and so sometimes I say, I'm getting older. That bus, you know, it don't sit right, and then I'm tired, you know. But he says, I have given you your strength, your youth, like the eagle. And I said, okay, okay, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like the young blood. Hey, and so God wants a full life. God wants us to endure like a good soldier, no murmuring, no complaining, no plan B. All these things matter. Amen. They matter. So patiently endure the process. What's the process? It's what you're going through to get before you reach your goal. Amen. Amen. Totally trust him. If we totally trust God, we will endure like a good soldier. Not like the children of Israel. Amen. But like a good soldier. And this is what God wants us to see. Now in Hebrews 6.13, it says that Abraham endured patiently endured a good soldier is patient amen patiently endures so verse 13 says for when god made a promise to abraham because he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself in other words he swore to himself by himself It says, uh, saying, surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, you need to underline that. It's underlined in my Bible. He obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured. Now, (laughs) how does it say he did it? It tells us. It says, for when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no other. 
there was none greater. So we have a promise, we have an oath and a promise by himself because there's no greater. So if he gave us that promise by himself and there's no greater, then it's money in the bank. You can bank on it. Amen. That's how Abraham did it. It's very self-explanatory, but you can really look over it every time. Yeah, I did. I said, he still ain't told me what he did. (laughs) Well, he trusted in the one whom there was no greater. Because he knew in whom he believed. In other words, he knew who God was. He knew he was the most high. When a promise, this is something that Abraham found out. And if you read all about Abraham, and we all know Abraham's life by heart. When he said, look up and look down. Look at the sea shells and the seashore. Those are your, as many as you see, as many as you can count, those are your children. And so what he was saying to Abraham and saying to us is that I've given you evidence in the natural. That was Abraham's evidence. And I'm getting this from the most high God that is bigger. In other words, that promise for him to have a child, even in his old age, that promise was, was it originated with God. That's what I'm trying to say. It originated with the most high God. Amen. That's where it originated. So in other words, that was God's idea and God's promise. See, Abraham had sense enough to think about that and say, wait a minute, I don't want no kids. I'm of Me and my wife, it can't happen. But when he thought about it, he said, well, he gave me an oath and a promise. He promised against his own word because there's none greater. He came up with this. He said, look up and look down. It wasn't my, wasn't my idea. And I do this all the time with God. I said, wait a minute. When I get crazy, I go back and say, wait a minute. This was God's idea. It wasn't mine. And I have his promise with an oath. And so it originates. See, you got to look at the originator of all of this stuff. Abraham looked at the originator. Amen. He looked at Alpha and Omega. And that's who God was in this situation. He was Alpha and he was Omega. This promise originated with God, so he knew it had to end with God. And so if it was God's idea, God can surely bring whatever he, com- whatever he comes up with, he can surely bring it to pass. So all Abraham did was got a sober mind and, and came out of the unbelief. And he sat down and he thought about this thing. And he said, wait a minute. He brought this to me. He gave me this evidence He's the originator of this child that I'm going to have. So he must know what he's talking about because he's God. And that's how he patiently endured. Because when he, when he thought about everything that God told him, everything that it says in verse 13 through 15, he decided, he says, you know what? I got an oath, a promise. I'm an heir. He says, I'm, I'm going to believe this because it must be true because it did not come from me. It came from God, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. So you look, look where the promise originated. Look what, whatever it is that you believe in God for, look at where it originated. 
And I guarantee you the devil will say, that came from you. It didn't come from God. That's how he does. But it didn't because, did, look at it like this. Did you get a scripture to verify what God promised? See? Okay. So it came from God. And see, faith is like this. God, God gives us the faith to keep believing. and It's not coming from us. It's coming from God. God keeps encouraging us and keeps us hope. That's coming out of God's, God's power that, it, that is on the inside of us. And when we get weak in faith, it's nothing but the world's, that's the devil or the world's influence speaking about your situation, saying it will never happen because it can't. And all you have to do is rebuke that voice and go back to God who is the originator, not us. God is the originator and put it back and throw it back on him. And say, nope, it didn't come from me. It came from the originator. That's, that's all that Abraham did. God told him, look at the, sea, the sand on the seashore. Look at the stars. Can you count them? Innumerable stars and innumerable grains of sand. You will be the father of that many. That couldn't have come from him because it, it looked impossible to him. So if your situation looks impossible, know the originate. Know that it came from God. That's, and I think that would help our faith. Amen. It didn't come from you because if it, if it did, you would have found a plan B by now. <laughs> we all would have found a plan B by now. And so God wants this thing to work. His hand is on it. All he's waiting on us to do is get in line, endure like a good soldier, so that we can see the promises of God come into effect. Amen. Because see, it's already done. I believe, I receive when I pray. It's already done. Amen. So all we're trying to do is get it in front of us. It's somewhere in glory. It's in the... It's in the spiritual realm but it's done and it's waiting for us for that specific time and god always has has his timing right amen hallelujah so he swore by himself and that there was none greater by whom to swear by saying i will surely bless you and will surely multiply you and so having patiently waited abraham realized the promise in the miraculous birth of isaac see that was a miracle that wasn't a normal thing that was a miracle now we read on facebook about that uh, uh couple of indian descent that had a baby they were in their 70s he was 78 and she was like 71 or two and they, you know, had been praying for a baby for years. Had she got pregnant, and she says, "Oh, we just taking care of our baby, you know, just a normal thing." But now, 120 and 100—that's a stretch <laughs> in the natural realm, amen. But you, you know that it had to be God, and so Abraham just—he he, uh, endured the process. He patiently endured because he just looked up and just put everything in perspective. And he says, this, got, this has got to be God because it originated with him. Amen. It originated with him. That's why we always try to have a plan B. And it don't work. And you say, I'll try it next month. Didn't work this month, but 
you know, you know how that is. Everybody looking at me like, what's she talking about? Amen. He did it by faith. He did it by the faith of God. Actually, he just took God's faith. See, he took what God said. He took the promise that God gave him, and he, so to speak, gave it back to him. He says, because you, you originated this. And so I'm going to believe you because I have an oath and a promise, and you swore against yourself, so you must have power. So I'm going to put this back on you, and I'm going to trust you for it. And it caused Abraham's faith to get stronger. And so he just endured the process because he knew at some point it would happen. Amen. Because he had already did plan B. And God said no. So it was nothing else for him to do. How many of you ever done plan B? C, D, E, F, G. And so it's nothing left but like Abraham to, to believe God. Amen. Because of where we are in time, it's nothing left but to patiently wait, patiently endure the process. Amen. What's the process? Anything that you're going through what, that God has orchestrated in your life to bring you closer to him. Amen. Because when God gets done, he wants you to be e holy like he is holy. So he's burning off the shaft. He's burning off everything that's going to hold us back. See, we may have been able to carry that in times past, but it's a new day. And a new, behold, he's doing a new thing. Do you not know it? And do you not perceive it? And this is why God is saying, can't you see? You know, see with my eyes. Hear with my ears. Understand with my heart and with your heart understand the things that i'm i'm saying to you so at some point we have to give up our plan and click over to god's plan where everything is on a timetable and it's set and you can receive it at any time i just believe you can receive it at any time amen so having patiently waited that's what abraham he patiently waited he realized the promise, amen, was of God. Hallelujah. So that's all really, if you read it again and again, that's all the Bible really said Abraham did. <laughs> he said he patiently endured. You know what that tells me? Just do it. Just do it like he just did. He got tired of these different plan a and b because every time i believe he stepped out of line god whacked him and said no that's not the proper thing and so he just got tired of doing that and decided to trust god it's a trust issue and that's all so he endured the process anything that god is burning away that we don't need amen and the more we fight against god the longer the process takes if we we make ourselves available to God, or in in other words, submit to God, submit to Him, submit to what He's doing in your life. Stop running from God. Let Him do what He wants to do in your life, even if it doesn't feel good. And it's not if you into feelings, it's not gonna feel good. Amen. But get into trusting Him. Amen. Trust what the Bible says. 
That word endure, again, it means to go through and survive. <laughs> so if you feel like you're barely surviving, it's okay. Nobody's going to fuss at you. Amen. Abide and remain. Go through and survive. To suffer patiently. See, nobody said it was going to be uh, easy, but, they, but God said to endure. Hallelujah. To abide and remain. And this is what God wants us to do. Now, this is what Abraham did. He remained. He didn't falter. He didn't fall. He didn't stop. He didn't quit. He remained. That's what endure means. Endure means to remain. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. To remain and not quit and don't give up. Don't let people cause you to quit and give up. Stop looking at people. Amen. Because they have their own problems and they have bigger problems than we do. And they're not standing in our way. See, no man can stop you from receiving anything from God. Amen. I hear people say, well, they don't want me to have nothing. Can't nobody stop you from having nothing. But you, you stop you by looking at other people. Amen. And so just stay attentive to what God is doing, what he has said. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not know it? You have to know when God has stepped in and called time on what the devil is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. God, the devil just cannot keep reigning and reigning forever. Amen. We'll see the devil fall every time. Amen. But it was God who put the promise in your spirit, not you. Why would you put something in your spirit that you really are fighting against with your flesh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, your flesh fight against what God is doing. So it wasn't your idea. That's one way you know it was God's idea. Because your flesh, flesh is fighting to stay alive. And God is trying to beat it down so he can give you something new, fresh, and better. And so you have to know that it didn't originate with you or me. It originated with God. And that's why our flesh hates the discipline because it don't feel good. It feels like it's kind of, you ever went down a one-way street the wrong way and you feel like any second some car is going to jump out and hit you because you're, you're going the wrong way. That's how it feels sometimes when you're following God. feels like you're going down the wrong way. And y'all here. But you're going the right way. It's not the wrong way. It's God's way. Amen. And so God will continue to instruct you to go down that way. Go that way. So you have to trust that there's nothing, not another vehicle that's going to come in. Just using this as an example going to come in the, the right way when you're going down the wrong way. Trust God that you'll make it down to the end of that street without coming into a, having a collision because God is with you. And so we have to start to trust him. Amen. Hallelujah. Did we read, um, let's see, let's go to Hebrews 12. Have to trust God because God, this was God's plan, not yours. This was God's idea, not yours. That takes the weight off of you. 
That takes the responsibility. I know it makes me feel good. Oh, okay, I thought this was me all this time. I thought that's why it was messing up. No, it ain't messed up, number one. And it's God's plan, number two. Amen. So all I have to do is patiently endure. Amen. Patiently endure trials, hardships, uh, rough times, dark places, whatever, whatever comes our way. All we have to do is sustain or stay sustained, however you say that. Sustain ourselves, and the word sustains us. Amen. If we stay with that word, then we will not go under. See, the, the thing that Abraham did, you can tell by how he changed after a while, after making so many mistakes. He clicked on to God's program. In other words, he knew his, his program was working. And so he decided to trust and follow God. And so we need to just <laughs> throw in the towel and say, God, it originated with you. It's your plan and not mine. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. What was the meaning of endure, uh, stay? abide and remain and so you tell the the devil and you tell god i'm going to remain i'm going to abide and remain and once you do that the pressure is off it gets easier and easier all you got to do is stay on the gospel ship and just stay afloat and and enjoy the ride so many people are (laughs) miserable that's when you know you ain't in faith you mean i wasn't in faith all them years not if you're miserable Because peace, love, and joy, you come into a place of rest when you are trusting. Look, Abraham was busy about his father's business when he realized the plan of God. When he realized this was God's uh, plan and not his, he entered into a place of rest. And that's what we need to do. And when we enter into that place of rest, we're good. We're, we're uh, what's that, complete, and nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. In fact, he started to learn how to live by God's authority and by what God uh, gave him, His God's provisions. He learned to live by God's provisions and not by the toil of his brow or worry or trying to figure out what Sarah was thinking. They were on one accord because, you know, they decided to follow God and stop um, the questions. If you have questions, you won't have peace. Enter into God's rest. Enter into his peace and just endure. Amen. Knowing that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the originator of what's going on in your life. And test it for yourself. You always trying to buck the system. You don't buck yourself. Amen. You buck against some authoritative rule. And so know that it's God and He will bring you through because it's all His His um His uh plan and His purpose. And if you in if you're in his plan, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, Hebrews 12:2 it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy 
that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. He became part of the priesthood. Amen. Why? For our joy. He did it for our joy. He did it for our um, good life. He did it so that we could have a better life. Amen. The author and the finisher, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross. So Jesus endured the cross for us and sat at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us forever. Why does he intercede for us? Because he wants us to win. He doesn't want us to quit. He wants us to be like Abraham, realize that it's not our plan. We're not doing this for a natural reason or earthly reason. We're doing this for a, a, a spiritual reason, for a heavenly reason. And so just stick with the program and quit fighting what God is doing. But you know why I'm, I believe I'm saying this? Because you'd be surprised how many people get tired of waiting and then say, God didn't ever tell me to do that, that one God, when God originated the whole thing. Because who do they think put it in their spirit to carry this 10 or 15 years before they, and see, they start looking in the natural and it don't look good. Quit looking. But when we start looking in the natural and it didn't happen and it don't look good and it looks impossible, then people say God didn't tell them this. God, that one God, God, that promise. God never told me to do that. And see, I would never say that. I just go somewhere and be quiet. You know why? Because it makes you look bad. Like, well, what have you been, where's your brain been for 15 or 20 years? You understand what I'm saying? And so it's just a thing where you click over into faith, God's faith, the faith of God, I should say, and allow him to do, allow him to work on you work on me and you that's really what what the hold up is we don't allow him to work on us because we think we're right we think we're right we think we have the freedom to change anything that we want to and we don't give god credit for what he's doing in our lives amen jesus is our example for enduring so if you want to know how to endure do like jesus did what would jesus do he endured just like abraham he endured the cross Amen. Let's do verse 3. It says, For consider him who endured such, who, such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Mm. Should I read that again? Yeah. For consider him who endured. In other words, Jesus is our... Uh, it's the pattern. He's the pattern that we should follow. So endured such hostilities from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. So we already talked about that. Realize who the originator is. Um, identify with Jesus in his suffering. And see, that, that will tell you why a lot of people quit. Because they don't identify with what Jesus did at Calvary. They don't identify with his suffering. Amen. 
you know, um, that scripture that says, pick up your cross and follow me. Most of us don't do that. If you don't do that, you don't know who to identify with. It gets lost in the sauce. <laughs> and so that's why people quit. They qu- And then they'll always blame a person. See, the devil will always hook you up. And it may be true about that person in it. But see, that's just an excuse because the devil has to give you one because this is God's plan that we're dealing with. And he has to come up with something good. And he, he knows people's name, address, family, history, personality. He knows all that stuff for those who, are, who, who continue to allow themselves to be exposed or those who are not covered in blood or hiding in the cleft of the rock or those who don't walk in the word, okay. And so he knows how you think, what you're going to believe, and he hand that thing to you and you believe it. And then you tell others. And you spread all that lava from the devil. And it's not true. You quit because you didn't believe God. Amen. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's true. Amen. And so we have to get wise, you know. We have to get smart. And we have to allow God to be who he is in our lives. And we have to, we have to um, just receive everything that God has for us. Receive it. See, we want the good. We don't want this other stuff. We want a, a, a quick walk in the park. But when it comes to standing and, and doing something for God, it's like you don't just stand and wait. You stand doing something for God. Amen. You don't just stand murmuring and complaining like the Israelites. That's why they went nowhere. See, God knew that they had this stuff on the inside of them, although he was hoping that they would change. But he let them walk it out for 40 years. Walk it out. Walk that stuff out. And they saw what was on the inside of them. Unbelief, anger. They were backstabbed. Backstabbed God. Had idols in their hearts. You know, all of this stuff. And when you're going through the process, those are the things that God is yanking out of you. Amen. He's pulling that stuff out of you. Because he does not want you to have that. He don't want you to. Because, see, we're to live and walk holy. And God knows that we can do that. And so we want to cut it short and get to the promise. But he doesn't. See, if he would. It's just like giving a, a two-year-old a 10-speed bike. Are y'all here? Something that they're not ready for. And so this is why he doesn't do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Did I do verse 3? Okay. Consider himself who endured. Consider him. So Jesus is our model. He's our role model. He, he, he endured hostility. We can't do that because the time somebody make us mad, it's captivated our, us, held us up for four days. And most of that stuff come from you 
not the other person, because of our vain imagination. Amen. Sorry to beat up on you. Just, just take some notes. And then when the devil, here he comes, just, you already, you already got to jump on him. But see, this stuff comes from us. It does not come from the devil. All he has to do is throw a little teaspoon of untruth in there. We roll, we ride with the rest. That comes from us. Amen. Now those who resist him more, he come, he got a tablespoon or a cup, half a cup. But we need to get off the devil's hit list. Stop believing everything he throw at us. See, everybody can't be right. Amen. Only God is right. And those who pick up his cross and abide by his word. Everything else is a lie. Are y'all here today? Amen. Verse 4 says, oh, wait, I didn't finish 3. Against himself, least you become weary and discouraged in your soul. That's what happens when you want to quit. And when you want to quit. That's what happens. You don't consider Jesus who endured such hostilities from sinners. Well, my boss, you know, if you have trouble on your job, think about what Jesus endured. And when we don't do that, we become weary in our souls and discouraged. Just like the Bible says in in verse 3. 4 says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. In other words, nobody's come out. And knocked your head off because of what you believe. Amen. Because of the sake of the gospel. And you have forgotten the exhortation or the divine words which speak to you as to sons. So in other words, God speaks to us as sons. You know, sons and daughters. He speaks to us as a father. And we're his children amen hallelujah because of our adoption and the adoption is sure my sons do not despise the chastening of the lord now god is telling us look don't despise the chastening you don't want me to do nothing you want it right now and if you don't get it now you're gonna just die and so that's resisting when you want it now and you get sick and tired of it and want to just quit you're resisting god Amen. You're just resisting. I hear an amen, a couple amens, but that's just the way it is. And it says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when, you're, when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges or whips every son whom he receives. And if you endure chastening, God deals with you as his son. Amen. As with sons. For what son son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Now, how would you like that? You know? You know how foster kids, you can't whoop them, get in trouble. They're not yours. You just 
the overseer. But if they act and do something dumb and they need to be disciplined, you can't do it because you, they're Ill, they're not yours. And so God is saying if he refused to discipline us or whip us or, you know, then we're not legitimate. We ain't really his kids. So you ain't really been adopted into his family, which is a whole nother big trouble thing for you and me if that were true. But thank God it's not true. So in other words, the flip side is this. Endure the hardship. Endure whatever God has you going through. Learn if uh, the difference between God's uh, chastening and the devil's attack. Amen. Learn the difference. Because there is a situation where the devil can be attacking you. And you have to know the difference. Amen. But staying in the flesh is not going to help you understand who it is, why it is, and how to get rid of it or how to deal with it. Amen. And so you have to stay in the spirit of God, stay with God, and just just leave the dumb stuff alone. It's like this. You'll know it's the dumb stuff if you, if you bind, binded it and broke its power and it didn't move for years. Then let God be God. Get under his protection and his authority. Because when, I tell you when, okay, when the Israelites were in the desert, it hurt them so bad. They were so miserable. You know why? Because they were not under God's authority. See, whenever you bucking against God, you're not under his authority. It's going to hurt twice as bad. Amen. It's not going to go well. You, you're just not going to be happy because you want it over and you want the best. You want steak. You want surf and turf instead of manna. Always thinking in the natural. You want your natural body to be fed, but you don't want that spiritual food. And that's just the way it is. But we have to put a cut and stop and say, you know what? I'm going to try God. I'm going all, I'm all in. I'm going all the way with God. Amen. I'm all in. And so you have to make that decision that you are all in. And consider Jesus who endured. Now that was some endurance. Amen. I mean, he, he, we haven't popped a bit of sweat or blood to follow Jesus. But look what he did. He did it for us. So we need to follow his example. Amen. Follow his example. Let's see. I think I want to go further. Uh, where, let's see. Oh, it says, sons, do not despise chastening the Lord. Verse 6 says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. I read that. And scourges or whips every son. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. I think I read that too. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, I read that. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who correct us. And we paid them respect. This is a good point. Shall we not much more readily 
be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live. In other words, to live is to be corrected. <laughs> Without correction, you die. But we don't like correction. You see how we are? We don't know what's good for us. Because we despise the very thing that's going to cause us to live. Are y'all here? But the thing that's killing us, that's what we want. And it's more flesh, more things that make us more comfortable. That's what, what the children of the wilderness, wilderness, they just wanted what was comfortable to their flesh. And those things kill us. It don't allow us to live in the new way of living. You know, it keeps you. I, I, it keeps you in under the eight ball. It's you. That's not freedom. That's not living free. Amen. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. You're not free when you live according to your flesh. You just don't live. Amen. And that's why we need to be chastened. And and that's why a good father chastens his children. A good dad. And we have the best dad ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who correct us, and we pay them respect. That's something to think about. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed... For a few days, chasten us as seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Amen. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, see that nevertheless? It's painful. Some of the stuff, waiting is painful. Wondering is painful. Worry is painful. Doing what God has told you to do and you don't really understand what he wants you to do because if we bring confusion into it, it's pain, still painful. Everything, or not everything, but a lot of things are painful. So it says, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Wait a minute, did I skip something? Oh, okay. But painful. Okay, let me do it one more time so I don't get confused. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So God is just training us for something better. Chastening is just a part of the training and that's why we need to say nevertheless and quit fighting god and and enjoy it see this can be a a joyful ride if we would stop letting our crazy minds and our flesh interfere with what god is doing because that's what we do amen we allow our fleshly thoughts and that's why we need to spend this time renewing your mind in the word of god but how many of us do it very few we think that when the when the blessing come we're going to be ready but god is saying in this hour to prepare and part of prepar- preparing uh or the preparation process 
is to get cleansed and washed by the water of the word, inside and out, like uh, Esther was pre- was groomed and prepared, and you know she was taught some manners and some etiquette, and all of these things spiritually and in the natural, she was she was prepared for her husband. Amen. Amen. But most of us look at that as a threat. I know how to do this, and I know you don't. Not God's way. Not God's way. We all know how to go throw a little something together. Clean in the middle of the floor. But we need to do things God's way. I'm just saying. We need to do it God. We need to allow God to prepare us for what's to come. And part of that is is. Uh, allowing the chastening of the Lord, not fighting and bucking against God, learning how to forgive and to stand righteously before the throne, learning how to uh, partake of Jesus's um, um, hurts and wounds at the cross, and learning to not be a visitor but a habitator in the throne room, amen, in the secret place, amen. See, God is, is, coming, is coming to a close where God is expecting more out of his people, amen, hallelujah. He is, he's expecting more. I'll give you an example. If somebody offends you, what do you do? You forgive. Repent and forgive, Amen. You don't get up in their faces acting crazy. See, because we're past that. In fact, we don't even want to deal with that because that's crazy. See, we know better. So it's like the same kind of stuff, but we're going further in the spirit realm with God. He's teaching us spiritual things, you know, versus the earthly thing. I'll give you an example of what I'm trying to say. He's teaching us how to deal with uh contracts businesses you know how to balance your checkbook how to stay out of the stores you know he's teaching us these things and we need to pay attention see we think we know all we know that but we don't we we know a way but do we know god's way and that's what he amen and these are the things among other things, mostly live righteously and get our hearts cleansed. Amen? Hallelujah. Changing, you know, living differently, for real. Amen. You know, uh, receiving what God is doing on the inside or allowing God to do a, a, a total work in our hearts. And not sheltering the heart, not hiding. I don't want, oh, I ain't ready for that. Or we just ignore it like it's not happening. But God wants your heart. And once he gets it, he's going to change it for the better. He's going to change it. A, a, he's going to change our hearts toward people. Well, I like her. He's going to teach you how to lo- love her. He's going to teach you how to lay down your life for her. Y'all hear? I feel the pokes. Ooh. I feel them. But it's still the way it is. 
He's going to teach you how to lay down your life for a friend and not somebody that's not serving. Why do we always go to, why, I don't get it. I don't even want to talk about it. But I don't understand why we would want, I said why we would want to lay down our lives for an ungodly friend and step over to a Christian friend that's barely making it. You know, people sometimes they're not mature, but they're trying. And we'll step over them unlike her. And we'll help the ungodly because it's something about them that we like. And I, I, I like a whole lot. I like ungodly. I like sinners. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to knock anybody. But what I'm, I'm trying to stay with this right here. And it says to lay down your life for a friend. The best thing you can do for the ungodly is to reveal Christ to them. That's what they need. But being friends, y'all understand what I'm saying. Sometimes that just, I mean, it's good. I do it too. I'm going to just be honest. But I know where to cut it off. Because this is what I'm saying. I, I allow them to see Christ in me. And the only way you can do that is with a pure heart. And I let them, I hope they see my heart, the pureness of my heart in Christ, as far as Christ is concerned. That's all I'm supposed to do for the ungodly. Love them and let them see Christ in me. And that gives them hope for the future. Amen. And that's more that's better than anything I could give them. Any kind of prayer I could I mean whatever they need. That's that's better than anything. Let God do the work. You just stay available. And then I believe God will allow you cuz see sometimes you carry these people in your heart, and I think it's okay. Now, I don't know what God is saying, you know, on that. But I believe at some point when you pray and you carry people in your heart, God will allow you at some point to go back and minister to them. He'll, he'll open that door. But we need to learn how when a door is shut, leave it alone. Amen? Because there's so many other people who are ready and available for your services. I mean, the door is, sometimes the door is shut to, to some and open to others because the Lord of the harvest has to deal with their heart and he calls time on salvation, not us. It's not always our time. You know, you, just, you hear people say, thank you. You hear people say, I, 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 I want, want to go out and evangelize. And you hear people say this all the time and it's good. And I, you know, it's good. But you have to be sure that that's God or you're wasting your time. Amen. Allow God to lead you. See, when people get in that vein where they think it's always time for them to make a move, it's something about self you understand what i'm saying it's like why don't you move back humble yourself and decrease so god can increase and let you know when it's time 
to evangelize because there is a and it today is the day of salvation now is the appointed time the appointed time is always now don't get me wrong it's always now but maybe that door ain't yours to go through because if you want to go through see this is how god taught me the things that i want to do i back off you know i had cousins that on my husband's side on the heathen side and they wanted i just wanted them saved and every chance i get i was whooping them up and i noticed the ones that i allowed god to open the door i didn't have it on my mind led them to the lord and they're still saved and god let me still see them saved. a lot of my husband and my friends that i led them to the lord they're still saved but the ones that I just wanted to get, 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 because they were so bad and they doing drugs, and uh, still doing it. Still doing it. Some of them, God allowed me to pray for them. When they got sick, I prayed for them. And they said, wow, you mean you prayed for me? You know that kind of, God, God is in control. He will set this stuff up. All we have to do is humble ourselves and follow through. You know, so now I know somebody heard it ain't the time for salvation. That's not what I said. Maybe your name ain't on that person's ticket. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But you have to let God open that door. You know how some people, we get religious. I just want him saved. I just want him, I just want him. It'll happen with your faith. And be an example. Amen. Be an example. Live the life of Christ before these people. And you won't have to worry so much about their salvation. And they'll come up and tell you, you're blessed. You're rich. And I'm like, where's my money? (laughs) You're rich. And God had to tell me, hey, Goofy, they see what I'm showing them. And I, okay, I repent. He'll show them who you are. You're blessed. You're rich. You're Proverbs 31 woman. Amen. You'll lay down your life for a friend. All that stuff. Peace, love, joy. You know, uh, what's the other fruits of the spirit? Patience, long stuff. They'll see all that stuff in you. You don't have to be picking and following people, following their salvation plan. God's doing that. Amen. You stay in God's place. You stay. And always, yeah, carry them in your heart. I got a lot of people I'm carrying in my heart. But you know what? It ain't bugging me to death because my faith is in Christ. He promised household salvation. As for me and my house, your house is anybody that's under your umbrella. If they have your name. See, that tells us that your name is attached to some people and it's not others. Thank you, Lord. Anybody that's under your umbrella. And watch these people that's always, I want to go out and save the world. Well, save yourself first. Get in the boat yourself. Get in the gospel ship first yourself. Let me tell you about those people. They never finished the course. Never finished the course. Because that's some, something else motivating them. Y'all understand? You got to be, you got to, and all this is is just flesh. Just a bunch of, allow God to move you. Amen. And he'll set it up on the job. Uh, Sheree was telling me about this guy. 
uh, the one that said he was he, he signed in and he was lying. And see, she was able to, to minister Christ to this man because that's what that was all about. Is that the same man? And then anyway, after she led him to the Lord, she looked at him like, get out of here. <laughs> don't, be, don't be hanging around my office. Shoot fly. <laughs> Somebody. Is there then she said, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> but see, yeah, next patient, you in the way. But see, God set that up because he was pushing his way in her office, lied and said he had an appointment, and he didn't. But he was, he was, he was pushing toward his salvation. He didn't know why he wanted to get in there, but he knew he had to get in there because he had an appointment with God. God set these things up. He sets them up. All you got to do is let them. But you know, most of us, amen, we take, it, take advantage of it. And then we allow that opportunity to pass. I've done that. And I repent. It's the worst feeling in the world. But let me tell you what God did. He bring it back. He brought that same person. Ran into him again in the market. And I'm like, okay, God. Thank you. Amen. And I said, okay. Meanest lady in the world. I don't want to talk to her, you know. She got too many problems. She wearing it, and she, she looked like she don't play, and she bigger than me. I'm scared of her. Well, this was way back, you know. And so I didn't want to talk to her. She didn't want to talk to me. And this, I'm just saying this because I know God set these things up. And she was, every time I got close to her with my cart, she was trying to get away trying to get away so when i i didn't minister to her and so the next time i went in there went in there with no money no reason bridget always thought i was snooping on her so that's what i did and so i went and <laughs> saw the lady again same mad face saying you better not you know don't say nothing to me and so i just went into her and and i said and when she was over in the floral department now she wasn't buying no flowers she's too angry and you know flowers make you smile flowers make you happy and I said I said to her I believe God wants me to say something to you and she it busted she broke down I knew she says I knew you wanted to tell me about God. She said, I knew it. See, God prepares the heart before you even come along. All we have to do is stay open. Amen. Stay open. Stay prepared. That's all. And when you do that, you've done your, your duty for the day. Amen. Until tomorrow, there's another one. Or you might run into somebody else that day. And if they ain't on your list, don't worry about them. Keep them in your heart. Amen. And die, and if pray for these people i i sincerely wanted my husband's uh cousin stan most of you know who he is to get saved because he was well he wasn't so much he was very successful he was uh in the marine and then he worked at the illuminating company for 30 years and he had money success he was a very successful nice looking guy but i knew he was in disguise selling drugs you know i don't know why he didn't need the money but the devil just gets people entangled in that kind of life and so i looked at that as the worst horrible thing because to me it was and i wanted him to get saved and so every time he would come over to my house i would jump him you know and and i would tell him about the lord and all of this stuff and 
he was just, he's telling me, I'm, my mother is on the roll at Mount Hermon. And when he said that, I want to just, <laughs> you know. And I said, that doesn't matter. So I did explain some things to him. See, God doesn't let it go for nothing. But I want it, but he never would accept Christ because he was telling me, in a sense, I'm saved through my mother. You know, that same old stuff you read in the Bible. I'm from David's descent. Although I'm I'm a gangster, but I'm a I'm of David's descent, and so you know, I, and that bothered me. But I never led him to the Lord. Well, I led him to the Lord, but he never received it. But when he died, he was saved. He ran into some girl who was saved, and you know, was a Baptist, but she was saved. She took him to church. He was going to church, doing everything, living for God. And so maybe my name wasn't on his salvation ticket, but I know I made a difference. And then when he asked me to pray for him, he had cancer. And we prayed. He said, who would have thought you praying for me? Who would Because he know he treated me like crap. But he said, who would have thought you praying for me? And see, but God works it out however he wants. However he wants. Trust in it. Because he has it worked out. I'm not saying don't pray for people. I'm just saying, because people are just try to make something out of every little thing. But I'm saying, let God open the door. That's plain and simple. And allow God to, um, to, allow God to instruct you on what to do. Amen. And really, there's really no what to do or what not to do. When that door is open, just go for it. God will make it right. He'll make it right. Amen. Because that's just what he does. Hallelujah. I don't know where. I think I was in Hebrew. Uh, Let's go to John 12. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, when we allow God to, when we submit ourselves to God totally, righteousness comes. Amen? And it takes over from the inside out. See, righteousness is something you just can't say I'm righteous. You have to have righteousness on the inside of you. You have to have righteousness. Amen? On the inside of you. Amen. Where does it come from? It comes from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. When God, when you allow the discipline and the chastisement of God, righteousness comes. So we need to just stop trying to avoid God. In other words, trying to wiggle out of what God is trying to do in your life. Wiggling out. Shutting down. God didn't mean that. He didn't tell me. This God never told me to do that. Amen. Amen. In other words, this is, this is what I'm saying. Stay on the potter's wheel. Because yes. when you come up with some new thing, A, B, and C, you're getting off the potter's wheel because you don't want to be transformed. Amen. Because you think you're okay just like you are. Because you don't. Mainly, we know we're not okay. This is what I think it is. I'm going to tell you what my problem was. (laughs) 
I was tired. You ever been saying, I'm tired of this. I, I want things to change. And we, but, you know, we, getting off, we get off the potter's wheel. We get off because we just quit and we say, we say this ain't God, no way. But really, you on that wheel being reshaped, remolded, it hurt, it's painful, it's tiring, you know. But we're not shedding any blood. Blood's already been shed, shed for us. But we're still complaining because God, you know what, I believe God has taken us out of the ordinary. And we don't like what's new and different and strange. We want things to be like they were. But that's defeating the purpose because God wants us to change. Amen. He doesn't want us the way we were before because we weren't good enough before. Amen. And this is what enduring is all about. Stop taking yourself off the potter's wheel and wait until God has finished his work in us. Amen. Now let me tell you how you know this. What I'm talking about when people, this is an example, when people all of a sudden want to change course and do something differently. And the first thing they say is, God told me, God spoke to me. Or they even say, God spoke to me about you, which he didn't. You know, God told me. People that say that, it's just tired of discipline. Amen. Tired of discipline. It's just like a teenager that don't go home after school because it's on a punishment. They get tired and I'm not going home. Let them worry about me for a few hours. I'm going over to Sally's house and their parent, her parents not home. We're going to eat Cheetos and look at TV. Amen. So we decide to get off the potter's wheel. That's what happens when you when you don't want discipline, when you reject discipline, you're not humble to God. I know it don't sound good, but that's what it is. Amen. And you resist the chastening of the Lord because it gets painful. Amen. But see, what, what I learned to do in recent years is say, this this got to stop. I mean, it's got to come to an end because chastisement is not a lifetime, but for a moment. But for a moment. And we have to change it back to but for a moment. Like the Bible says. And God, Jesse Duplantis said, God said, tell them to stop making it a lifetime. In other words, we're making it a lifetime. We're doing that. That's coming from us. But, it, but it's but for a moment. In other words, it doesn't last forever. Amen. It does not. So you have to tell yourself when you get tired. This chastisement is not forever. It will last. It will stop at some time. So we need to endure. I'm going to endure like a good soldier and quit complaining. Quit trying to act out. You know, I ain't going. I'm going late. (laughs) We act out in all kind of ways. But the Bible says to endure. And endure means to finish the course. Finish the course. Amen. Some people can't break away from flesh long enough to get deep enough in God to make, to gain momentum in the spirit realm. Because we stay so stuck in the natural realm. 
we're looking for something in the natural realm when we should we should only embrace what God is doing in the spirit realm because we're spiritual beings. Amen. We're in the world but not of the world. And so this is not our home. We shouldn't even really get comfortable when we become born again. It should no longer be comfortable in the world. But the spirit realm should get comfortable and it should be where you like being. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. The secret place is where I want to be. Amen. And it should be comfortable. Because you shouldn't be a stranger to it. I'm telling you, this, this, if we could just get that and stop being carnal Christians, amen, then this time would go fast. Time won't be an issue. And it's not that you cast that promise aside and you don't want it no more. That's not what this is about. This is about, I'm good. I'm good with God. I'm good. Amen. And what God is doing in my life is just the icing on the cake. But I'm with God, working for him, loving on him, allowing him to love on me. And I'm faithful and I'm, I'm good. I'm doing exploits in his name. And nothing can defeat me. Amen. Undefeatable. Amen. Well, I'm just saying, this is what I believe the Lord is, for some reason, he, and I believe it's because we're living in the days where God is wrapping things up. He will, it's time for the blessing to come, but you can't keep bucking God every 10 minutes. Allow him to rule and reign in your life. Amen. If, if every little thing is bugging you, then that's your flesh. So get back on the wheel and let him spin, spin, spin until nothing is left but pure gold, holiness. And that's what we're supposed to walk in, right? Amen. Know that God won't hurt you. You know how sometimes it feels insecure when God is doing something in your life and you don't know what it is will entail you don't know and you trust him just trust god and trust his plan he won't hurt you and he'll make sure we come through as pure goal like we're supposed to he's not doing anything to us that's not supposed to happen amen okay john 12 where are we at john 12 24 and it talks about these light afflictions i think Oh, I don't have it yet. Oh, yeah, it talks about a grain of wheat. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls unto the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Same thing with your flesh. Gotta let your flesh die. Amen. John 12 is telling us how a seed cannot produce anything unless it goes through a process of darkness. Amen. Because seeds germinate in darkness, in the ground. Ain't no light down there. Amen. Now, I'm not exalting the darkness of Satan. 
I'm just talking about dark places. Because why? Because you're going to have peace in dark places. Joseph was always in a dark place. Always in the pit. <laughs> they, and uh, Paul and Silas too, always in the pit. That's a dark place. But what did they do? They made the best of a bad situation. They gave over to God. Amen. And he, did he see them through? Yes, he did. Did he get them out? Yes, he did. Hallelujah. But seeds cannot germinate in the light. They have to go undercover. That's just my word. In the ground to bring forth life. God is with us during the dark periods. Now, what is a dark period? A time of challenges, circumstances, tribulation, hard times, loneliness, uh, uh, disappointments, distress. Y'all know God is with us during those dark times. Amen. But life comes out of those dark periods if you let it. Amen. And, uh, you know, you have to let this like death, that's what I call it, principle. Let it play out. Amen? Let it play out. Because you got to die to live. Or to give birth, you have to die. Amen? You can't, you got to let your flesh die. You can't depend on your wisdom and your great knowledge to figure all of this out. Because it's so far above us. And that's called... That's pride anyway. Pride and arrogance, trying to stay in charge. You can't be in charge of everything or everybody. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Amen. In other words, a seed must give itself up to a life-death process. So new life can emerge in the form of fruit or grain. And we are fruit bearers. Amen. Die to self. Self. Die to flesh. Die to everything that is not good for you. We need to release everything that God has not ordained in our lives. Got to release it. God, I don't need it. I don't need all these clothes. I don't need no new car. I don't need it. I'd like to have it if you have it for me. If you don't have it for me, it ain't going to kill me if I don't get it. Amen. It won't kill me. Amen. So release everything that God did not ordain. All this extra stuff, let it go. You can't hold on to anything during the process, like pride and anger, worry. (sighs) anxieties, wrong thinking, bad attitude, let it all go. To be raised up pure and holy in God. Why? Because we can do God's work better being pure and holy. We set examples. We lead the way. We're light. You know, we, when we come around, darkness has to dissipate. You know, we're like a city on a hill, but if you got the same, thank you, if you got the same stuff that the world has, what good are you? Just go back to bed. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like I used to do many days, because I knew I wasn't going to impress nobody. I needed somebody to come and help me. Can you help me? 
sister or brother. <laughs> Can you spare a dime? Amen. But you got to let that stuff go if you're going to soar like an eagle. You can't, you, can, you got to let that stuff go. First thing you have to let go is your flesh and your I know it all attitude. That stuff holds you back. Keep a blessing and keep you broke. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you. It keeps you broke. Because God don't bless all of that. Because he's saying if you got the plan and you know the purpose, make your own money. I mean, you just have to do it God's way. Plenty of people don't, but then they're carnal and that stuff lasts for a season, you know. Amen. But during dark times, going through, God will exercise strength and spiritual muscle like he did David. Amen. When he faced the lion and the bear. He strengthened him. That strength came from God. And you know what? David knew it. David knew that wasn't his strength. But you know what? He was sold out to God so much so that when another uh, situation came his way, he remembered where he last got victory. He says, I've, I've dealt with the lion and the bear, and I'll deal with you. But he knew in whom he was believing. He didn't think it was him. See, that's what we people have a bad, you know, we think everything is us. Look, the anointing ain't yours. The blessing really ain't yours. I mean, it comes from God. It's yours through inheritance, but it's of God. You didn't get it walking down the street and somebody said, oh, here, I want to bless you. They can bless you with something menial or temporary, but the blessing and favor is yours forever, and it comes from him. In fact, that was favor when somebody stopped and gave you a dime. (laughs) Hallelujah. God does this so we don't quit. Amen. He strengthens us with spiritual muscle like he did David so we don't quit. Amen. So we'll remain. So he gives us spiritual muscle so that we will endure. Endure the process so that we'll remain not quit remain when you don't quit you remain and this is why he does this he has everything that we need amen joseph never turned his back on god because he knew where his blessing was he experienced several dark periods in his life when he was put in jail i think it was 13 years that's the jury is out on that we don't know but he never once turned his back on the Lord. So when we go through tough times, we're ready to quit God. It's because it hurts too bad or it's going on too long or this is the devil. Whatever it is, we have to endure hardship like a good soldier. We have to endure. Why? So our fruit will remain. Amen. So we need to remain fruit remain we remain we have to endure endure means to remain amen joseph developed spiritual muscle and spiritual maturity when he didn't quit amen 
strength, patience during the dark period of his life. Never given up. He never gave up hope on God. Amen. And God is not only looking to bless us at the end of these trials, but he's also, he wants us to obtain the fruit that comes through the process. So what, it was, what is the process for? It's for the kingdom. It's for 